Welcome to another episode of the Looking Forward, Reaching Back podcast, brought to you by The Good Success Group. We are grateful to God for your presence, participation, and partnership. And now, here is Reverend Greer. Before we get into the Word of God, let us have a brief moment of prayer. Father God, your Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. As we study it today, we ask that you provide us with keen insights so that we can understand the wisdom behind your words and have the courage to apply it to our lives. We praise you, Jesus, for being gracious as we learn knowing that each time we open your word, we will see it with new eyes and fresh understanding. Holy Spirit, help our faith to keep maturing so that we can shine brightly for you. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. This is uh, the gospel according to Mark, okay? And we are looking at Mark 7, verses 32 through 37, and it reads as follows. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. After he looked them, looked, took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, Ephetha which means be open. At this, the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. This is God's word for God's people. Thanks be to God. All right, so we're looking again in the book of Mark. And so some things you need to know about the book of Mark is uh, in Mark's gospel, we see Jesus continually offering creative um, solutions or creative responses to life's most perplexing questions and problems. Uh, Mark's gospel was written to the Romans. That's the community he's writing to. And the only thing that this superpower of the day respected was power, okay? Um, You couldn't just pop up talking slick to these people unless you had some power behind your talk, okay? That's what they they respected, was power. Um, And so when Mark writes to the saints at Rome, he wants to tell them about how big and strong and mighty and powerful Jesus really is, see? According to Mark's gospel, Jesus, not He-Man, not Superman, uh, not Wonder Woman, uh, is Jesus. He is the one who is the most powerful in the universe, amen? And so Jesus is not just some pious teacher or some good role model. He is a mighty warrior. And so therefore, doing battle with the powers of death uh, that hold humanity captive and enthralled are no match for Jesus, amen? Uh, Indeed, power and authority, they are part of the package that comes with Jesus, okay? Power and authority are wrapped up into 
the person and the divine person of, G of Jesus the Christ. And so early on in Mark's narrative, we, when we see the, uh, the seas get choppy out on the ocean, Jesus does not issue an emergency evacuation plan. Instead, he decides to do something creative. He tells the wind to shut up and it obeys. Who does that? Who, tells, who talks to the wind that is whipping all around you? Uh, only Jesus does that. He's creative that way. Uh, in chapter five, when he is confronted with a man who is completely out of his mind in a cemetery, we see Jesus being creative again. Although the demons had driven this man crazy and everyone was afraid of him, Jesus was ready to respond. He does not run. He does not hide from this man. Uh, he does not seek to have the man in prison. Uh, instead, he simply and creatively asks the man a question. He said, what is your name? He engages the man. And so remember, we said that the Romans were a people all about power. And so this man, he tells Jesus that his name is Legion. And Legion, and that's, that's the way that the Romans quantified their armies. And so we learned that a legion was comprised of anywhere between 4,000 and 6,000 soldiers. That's what a legion was. And so therefore, this man is really saying, hey, I got a lot of stuff going on with me. I'm acting up and wilding out like this because I have a lot of problems that nobody can deal with. Amen. And so after getting to know this man by taking the time to learn his name, Jesus creatively speaks to this man and commands the unclean spirits to leave him. And immediately they go. And so in this a very uh, 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 arresting passage that we have before us today, my friends, we see Jesus continuing to be creative. This a part of his nature is to be creative. Amen. And so this text starts by telling us uh, these people are bringing this man to Jesus so that Jesus might lay his hands on him and heal him. Okay. Uh, we are told that this man is deaf and has difficulty speaking. He's completely deaf and he has difficulty in his speech. Uh, maybe this speech problem is caused by some physical deformity or defect, or we don't know, but it could be the fact that he just could never hear. He could never hear clearly uh, the sounds that were taking place around him when other people would speak, and therefore he could not properly reproduce the sounds that he was hearing, right? He couldn't, he couldn't hear the sounds, and so he could not reproduce the sounds properly. That makes sense. Uh, but at any rate, uh, this man is the picture of the unrepentant sinner who is deaf to the voice of God and therefore is unable to speak clearly to others about the things of God. Amen. If you can't hear uh, and learn about the things of God, you're not going to be able to properly uh, to share the things of God with somebody else. And so the reason that he cannot hear and, uh, and speak the gospel is not that something is blocked from him in the social environment. There's no social barriers uh, that needs to be dismantling in, that, in, in order to help this man to be able to hear. Sometimes we see that in some of the passages that we're looking at, but that's not the case here. What this man needs is an exorcism, right? He needs to be liberated from the power of death that is 
disallowing him to hear the gospel message. Uh, this brings they bring this man to Jesus, uh, the people in the text, because they thought they knew exactly how Jesus would accomplish his work as far as this healing is, is, is necessary. Uh, you know, they said, well, we know we bring this guy to Jesus. We know he knows how to lay hands and heal people and they can recover. And we know how he works. And so let us take this man to Jesus and let him do what we know he can do. That sounds good, right? They had likely seen and heard about how Jesus had used physical touch as a part of his healing people, right? But, but, but when they bring this man to Jesus, Jesus decides to flip the script and he decides to do something that they had never seen or heard about before. He's going to be creative and do something different. And so in this moment, uh, what we need to know is that there are a lot of people watching. There are a lot of folks in the area who are paying attention to see what is Jesus going to do with this, this deaf uh, man who is also mute um, or has a hard time speaking. Uh, they're watching and waiting to see if Jesus is going to zap him, right? They're trying to see if Jesus is going to pop him, right? And, and lay hands on him and knock him down, you know, and see if, you know, how, you know, how get, get very uh, charismatic and stuff like that we've seen in some of our services. They waiting to see if he's going to do something like that. But the text says that with all of these folks um, who thought that they had figured out how Jesus would accomplish his work, they're all watching and waiting. Jesus decides to take the man to the side. He pulls him to the side and he decides to employ some social distancing of his own, if you will, as he decides, as he begins to do his work in this man's life. Sometimes God wants to pull us aside and work with us, right? He doesn't always work with us in community. So Jesus separates this man from the environment in order to focus his full attention upon him and to provide for him the compassion and the private treatment that he desperately needed. Amen. And so Jesus spends some time with him alone, one-on-one. And so in this place away from the crowd, Jesus does something that is absolutely creative. For the Bible tells us that he sticks his fingers into the man's ears. I can feel it at the house right now. Somebody at home is saying he, he stuck his what in his what? He stuck his fingers into the man's ears. That's what the text tells us. And, and, and now, and now that's, that's, that, that's different. Uh, that's kind of different you know, to say the least. That's different to say the least. Because like I said, all the other times they said he just would lay his hand on the people or he might just speak a word of healing to them. But he had never taken his fingers and stuck them inside of somebody's ears. That was different to say the least. And then you can say, my friends, that things get a little bit strange or maybe you can say even more creative as the text moves forward. Next, we're told that Jesus decides to spit on the ground and then he touches the man's tongue. You say he did what, preacher? I said he touched his tongue. Now, I don't know if Jesus, after he spit on the ground, if he took that ground, that dirt, and mixed it with his spit to make a paste. It doesn't say that. We know he's done that in other uh, healing narratives where he touched the guy's eyes, right? He made a, he made a paste all out of the ground with his, mixed with his spit. And he was able to make a, a, a healing salve to put on the man's eyes. 
we not we're not told how he does this here. It just says, and I read a whole bunch of different translations trying to figure out exactly what's going on here. All it says is that he spit on the ground and then he touches the man's tongue. Right. I know that that probably would have messed a lot of us up right there. OK. Right. Uh, some of us would have missed our blessing right then and there because uh, 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 maybe you're OK with him putting his fingers in your ears. I said, maybe, maybe you were OK with that. But the touching of the tongue, that likely would have been a deal breaker for most of us. Be honest. Right. Because uh, that's a, that's that's very personable. That's very personal, maybe a little bit too personable, uh, personal for most of us, right? And we're not told that Jesus, you know, used any gloves. Uh, we're not told that he used a tongue depressor uh, like modern day doctors use. We're, we're not told any of that. He just, we just told that he does this, right? And I said that he washed his hands or used sanitizer or anything before he does this work. He just does his work. And while the man was, completely deaf, the text says that he could talk. He could talk, uh, 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 but it just wasn't easy for him to be understood by other people. However, he likely knew how to clearly say no verbally or by using some type of sign language, right? He likely knew how to say no, uh, to say that, hey, I'm not cool with that. Stop that, right? And yet he does not resist the, the attending hand of the great physician, Jesus Christ. He doesn't resist, not even in the least. And speaking of sign language, uh, Jesus seems to be doing a, a bit of nonverbal communication with this man right here. Uh, through the selective touching that he engages in here, uh, Jesus is telling the man that he is about to open his ears and unloosen his tongue, right? That's what he's about to do. He's communicating that uh, uh, through touch, uh, what I'm about to work on. Amen. And so in the midst of performing his healing work, Jesus lets out this deep sigh, which expresses his grief over the suffering, which sin had brought upon humanity, right? We, we suffer in these different capacities. Now, after sin entered the world, people weren't sick and, and having a hard time hearing or speaking or anything like that. None of that happen. Our bodies didn't break down in the ways that they do now. None of that happened until sin entered the world. And so every time that Jesus engages in this healing uh, work, uh, it's, he's doing battle with the results of sin. He's doing battle with death and Satan himself. And so the Bible tells us that when he touches this man's tongue, that Jesus looked up to heaven indicating that is where his power comes from, God above. And then he spoke some words to the man. He spoke to the man in his kinfolk language, which was Aramaic. How many people know what I'm talking about when I say he spoke to him in his kinfolk language? Amen. He, he, he spoke to him like some of us speak to people when we're talking to family members from down south and we say things like mama nim. Amen. You, you get in that real deep, rich language of our cultural heritage. Amen. Uh, uh, and so that is what Jesus is doing here. He's engaging him uh, at, at a deeper uh, fundamental lang uh, language level. Amen. He speaks to him in the Aramaic tongue because he wanted to communicate something, communicate something to him in a very deep fashion. Amen. And so Jesus uses this word, ethatha, 
which means be opened. Be opened is what he says to the to the man in this situation. And immediately the man is able to hear and to speak without any barriers. Right. He had been healed away from the crowd in this one on one session with Jesus. But now he begins to speak openly and publicly uh, in a way that the people who were in the vicinity within the earshot, they take notice of what has been accomplished by the power and unto the glory of Jesus Christ. And so these people, uh, they start getting a little bit closer to the action to see what is going on. And these spectators, they were amazed by the wonderful and the creative works of Jesus Christ. Amen. They had never seen or heard about anyone being healed in this way before, right? They heard other people being healed, but never like this. You got to believe they were watching even from a distance to see what is Jesus doing over there, right? Sometimes people are watching in your own personal life and they wonder what is Jesus doing in your life? He's working things out on your behalf and they don't understand what he is doing, but you're having a a deep personal one-on-one uh, conversation with the Lord, and, and and He's working it out for you uh, um, all the time. And so we, so this man started talking and, and speaking clearly, and probably telling of of how great God is. Right? He could he couldn't wait to tell somebody. And then get this: as Jesus often does in situations like this early in His ministry, He tells the people not to tell anyone. Right? Don't don't go broadcasting this, but the more he tells them to restrain themselves and telling this, this story, they keep broadcasting it even wider and wider. They got on their say, Facebook and uh, Twitter and, and Snapchat and, and got on the telephone and called everybody, right? And put up billboards about this healing. They wanted everybody to know that Jesus had healed this man, right? They wanted to broadcast it and let people know that it wasn't the medical technologists of the day. Uh, it was Jesus, the healing virtue that comes with the Messiah. That's who healed this man. And so these these there's some strange elements I know in this text uh, that we have to deal with. This this the spitting, right? This touching of the tongue, the placing of the fingers in the ears, and the command "Ephatha," shouted into the chaos, are actually at the heart of this story, right? We can't really tell this story without including these key elements. These elements are signs that Jesus is not just doing a good deed for this man, but is instead making apocalyptic warfare on the reign of death that holds sway over this man and all of us. And man, all of humanity, we're all affected in various forms and fashion uh, of the results of sin entering the world through Adam, right? We all deal with these uh, these different types of things that we never would have had to deal with in our body had Adam and Eve just stayed obedient uh, to what God had put in place. Amen. And so we uh, human beings in the view of Mark, the writer of this gospel, we're not simply captive to sin and death, but oftentimes we are mesmerized by our captors, ready to identify with them and to defend them, uh, right? Therefore, any notion that we can be made whole through education or self-enlightenment is hopeless, right? The powers that hold us under their sway must therefore be defeated. What I'm saying there is that sometimes not only are we uh, bound by our, our, our sin and, and, and death, 
we actually are entertained by it. We're mesmerized by it, right? People no longer uh, lift up the things of life, but we often cling to and lift up the things that represent death. That is often more of the way that people operate uh, anymore. They're not so much interested in the things of God, but they're interested in the instruments that will actually bring about our, our death and destruction. Uh, that's what people seem to glorify more and more and more. I'm sure you can offer up many examples in our music, in our, in our, in our music, in our movies, in our culture at large. People are mesmerized and entertained by death. Amen. And so this man, something we need to point out and, and, and lift up and be aware of is that this man does not just have a, a disability in the traditional sense that sets him apart from the rest of us who do not have a, a deal with this same disability, right? Uh, in fact, this man is deaf in the same way that all of us are deaf oftentimes. Uh, he does not just have a disability. He has this human sin condition that we all deal with because theologically what he cannot hear is not the sound of his wife's voice or his children playing in the background, right? Or the songs that are being chanted when he's in the church and synagogue services. That's not uh, just that those aren't just the things he's missing out on. Theologically, what he cannot hear is the one thing that Mark wants us all to hear from the mouth of Jesus. And that is that the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. That's Mark chapter one, verse 14. That is the purpose of his gospel is that he wants people to repent and hear this good news that the kingdom of God is at hand, right? And so again, my friends, my family, uh, this man cannot hear the gospel. And because he cannot hear the gospel, he cannot speak the gospel. And that's what Jesus wants all of us to be able to do is to, to share the gospel message that has been shared with us. Amen. And so uh, let us get into uh, some applications, some takeaways uh, from this particular passage. I know that uh, many people today feel as if they have already figured out the Lord Jesus, right? They think they know uh, uh, just how God is going to move and operate in every situation, no matter what they're facing. But I've come to tell you today to be opened, right? Number one, be opened to God moving and operating in your life in ways that he never has before, right? That's number one. Be open to God moving and operating in your, operating in your life in ways that he never has before. See, I know that uh, you want to see God do exactly what you've seen him do for somebody else, but maybe God wants to do something new. Maybe God wants to do something different and unique. Uh, and personalized just for you. Family, see, God, I believe Jesus wants to, to pull each one of us aside away from the crowd and do something creative, right? Something unique and powerful for us on a personal level. Our God is a personal God. And so I believe God wants to do that for each and every one of us today. See, friends, we don't, we don't know all of the ways that Jesus wants to do his work in our lives. We think we do sometimes, right? But we cannot be so closed-minded, so structured, right? Or, or boxed in that we box Jesus out from accomplishing God's perfect will towards us. 
And so that means we have to be opened. We have to be opened. Um, it, it, and I know it might seem strange. It might be uncomfortable at first, but you have to trust and believe that Jesus knows exactly what he's doing. Like I said, the man didn't resist. He didn't say, hey, what are you doing, Jesus? Why are you why are you sticking your fingers in my ears, man? Like, I, you know, what? why are you trying to touch my tongue? I didn't come over here for that. Well, we have to, it, so it was strange. That probably was uncomfortable to have somebody's fingers stuck in your ears, but he trusted that Jesus knew what he was doing. Even when I don't know what you're doing, Jesus, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know, uh, uh, you know, what you're trying to do and accomplish here. But, uh, or the way that you're going about doing it, no more than I know what the doctor is doing, right? You go into the doctor and you might, they try to explain the procedure to you, what we're going to do to you. And, and, and you still don't understand, it, but you still get on the table and let them do their work. So why don't we give Jesus that same amount of trust and be open to the fact that he knows what he's doing? Amen. Uh, uh, number two, be open to it being way better than you can imagine, right? Uh, the creator of the universe has no limits in the creative department. And so you can trust and believe that God still has plans that are not our plans. Our God still has ways that are not our ways, amen? And so I know that we like to plan stuff, right? Some of you on this call right now, you are planners. You like to plan things, or, or some of you are people who like to make your own way, right? You like you like to be considered a way maker. Uh, but guess what? God's plans, God's thoughts, God's ways are so much higher and so much better than anything any of us could ever come up with on our own. Amen. I hope you agree with that. Uh, uh, and, and thankfully, see, our God does not have to contend with budget limitations. He doesn't have to deal with competing agendas, the things that often are barriers to us there's no problem for the creator of the universe. God doesn't have to deal with or, 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 or contend with any of that stuff. But lastly, number three, my friends, for us to be opened in these various ways, know that it is going to take a miracle. That's why we played that song uh, before we preached. It's going to take a miracle. Uh, we cannot be opened uh, in these ways in of ourselves. Uh, uh, we can't do it any more than this man could unstop his own ears. And so in many ways, um, our ears are still stopped up to this very day. We struggle to hear rightly what the Lord Jesus is saying to us through the preached word, through the hymns of the church, right? And sometimes even when we sit down and study the word of God, sometimes we don't understand what is written there right? We just can't get it sometimes. But even the disciples just struggled um, um, with understanding this stuff. So don't beat up on yourself. Just realize that it's going to take a miracle, right? And so although this same message has been uh, communicated to us all of our lives, the same gospel message, time and time again, we have failed to hear what the gospel is truly saying to us in the various areas of our lives, right? So matters of hope, matters of trust, matters of love and trouble, fear and faith, matters of worry, and so many other topics. The gospel message speaks to and deals with all of those things, uh, and yet sometimes we fail to hear what is being spoken to us. And because we fail to hear what is being spoken to us and through the gospel message, we struggle to pass it on faithfully 
when we have opportunities to spread the gospel, right? We can't teach what we don't know, right? We can't leave where we don't go. We have to get into this word and really get an understanding for it. But this is what I'm saying is we cannot overcome this by ourselves, family. Like the man in our passage today, we continue to need Jesus to help us to hear and to speak plainly, right? We need that. The risen Lord Jesus, who stands ready uh, among us and is continuing to shout into the chaos, be open, be open, opening our ears so that we can hear the gospel and touching our tongues so that we may speak the truth to those whom we encounter each and every day. We need Jesus. If we're going to be faithful and bold witnesses, we need Jesus. We need the same miracle that this man needed. And so I think sometimes people might read a story like this and, and glance over it because they can hear. They don't have any issues with their, with their mouths in the natural sense, right? They don't have any problems speaking before crowds and crowds of people, but they still need this same miracle. Amen. In the natural side. And I hope you can see that today. Uh, let us pray. Let us pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, we, 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 when we encounter you in the various ways that you present yourself with your gospel message, we're asking today that you uh, let us have open ears to hear it properly. We're, uh, we're asking you to unstop our ears, both naturally and spiritually. God, we need you to unravel whatever hinders us from speaking and spreading your word to others. So we're asking you to help us to be empowered and unencumbered witnesses for you all the days of our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen and amen. And so as you know, I always like to make sure people have an opportunity to say yes to the Lord Jesus Christ, to accept Jesus as their personal uh, Lord and Savior. And so if someone is watching, if someone is listening uh, out there today and you don't know the Lord Jesus and the pardon of your sins, amen, uh, we're going to invite you to pray with us at this time um, by repeating the prayer that is written on the screen and it just simply says, uh, Lord Jesus, for far too long I have kept you out of my life. I acknowledge that I am a sinner and that I cannot save myself. No longer will I close the door when I hear you knocking. By faith, I receive your gift of salvation. I am ready to trust you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to earth. I believe you are the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead on the third day. Thank you for bearing my sins and giving me the gift of eternal life. I believe your words are true. Come into my heart now, Lord Jesus, and be my Savior forever and ever and ever. Amen and amen. And as we always say, if you prayed that prayer with us today, uh, you are, in fact, uh, saved uh, right now from this minute. Uh, and you are the, heaven, the, the, the heavens are rejoicing, and so are we here on the earth. Um, and so if that's you, we would love for, to hear from you so you can write us on Facebook or our inboxes on Facebook and let us know um, because we want to partner with you and pray with you and walk with you on this Christian journey. Amen. The Good Success Group would like to thank you for listening to and sharing this episode of the Looking Forward Reaching Back podcast. If you have not already done so, 
please consider subscribing to this podcast so you can be notified of any future programming. And to sponsor future episodes of the Looking Forward Reaching Back podcast, please click on the support button or connect with us via Cash App or PayPal. The information to do so is listed under the description for this episode. We thank you so much for your support.